0: John. Hey Randy, how you doing this morning, man? Doing good. What's Did, happening? Oh, good. Well, not a whole lot. I'm, it's nice to finally interview somebody that's in the same time zone, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 i tell you. Yeah, I know what you reading Sometimes I do a lot of interviews with, like, European acts, and they're like, oh, you know, can we talk, like, you know, 9 p.m. my time? And I was like, I'm so tired of doing math. It's like, okay, yeah. 11.30 is 11.30. Okay, I'm, I've got this. <laughs> Yeah, very good. <laughs> well, I get you. Well, thank you so much for being uh being on my um, on my little podcast show here, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to do it. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Well, so it's been a little while since we talked. Um the the, the last time we talked, you got Zebra 4 was coming out. Yeah. Um, so Kind of fill in the blanks a little bit for me, man, because you know one of the things I noticed about you, which is uh, a part of one of the things I, I love also in some in some of my favorite artists, is that. You you keep a pretty low profile when it comes to like social media and things like that. You know what I mean? Like so you you're not like all up in my face. I like I don't know like when you're eating a hamburger or like you know whatever. You know right
1: uh, right right. You know,
0: so well like what if, what if what's been going on like you know since the last time we talked? That's been super exciting for you.
1: Um. You know, but just the fact that I'm still playing music at this point is super exciting, you know. It's been <laughs> how long? It's been since two thousand three. Uh uh-huh. seven seventeen years and uh since the last record. Wow. And uh yeah. And uh, you know, I've been doing some writing and stuff, but not 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 an exorbitant amount. I mean, I've been just, you know, enjoying uh performing live. Uh grandfather now and uh, uh you know enjoying the family and just uh you know trying to trying to lay back and enjoy life you know and let the uh, uh anything that's creative just flow out you know on its own gosh you got to be one of the
0: coolest grandfathers i know <laughs> yeah. I'm cool now I'm cool
1: now with the babies really young you know <laughs>
0: that is so funny that is so funny and actually yeah, that, that's so funny now that you tell me when Zebra 4 came out I, I totally stand corrected because gosh when we talked it was like 2000 and maybe 11 or so so that that album had already been out for a while so oh yeah, yeah. You, you, but you, what, what now now that I remember is you guys were doing a series of shows is what it was it's like you guys had gotten back together you guys were doing some shows up in New York um, uh-huh. and I was kind of wondering if you guys were going to do a tour and um, that was around the time the hurricane was uh, uh, hitting you guys up there pretty hard too oh okay um, right right, um, up here in New York yeah up there in New York and um so that's the, That that was the thing about oh, I wanted to kind of Go back to that A little bit Um Cause that really was Such a spectacular record Um Thanks. Was there You know well, Like it was funny I was, ta- I was telling my friend I was, My buddy was like How come Zebra Has only made four albums They've been out for like." I said they're kind of like Boston man You know like They make like an album Like every. it seemed like They they hit it hard For the first three years And we waited like Twenty years to get four <laughs> You know what I mean Or something right, like that Right But like Um, was there like a desire to go out when that album came out at any point to like, say like, let's just go do a tour, you know, or is it just that at this point, it's just like not really feasible or something like, you know?
1: No, I, you know, I, I think that the desire to do like a tour has been there. And, um, you know, it's just that the three of us are, you know, we're, we're all involved in different things and. You know just coordinating a certain time period for everybody to you know focus on a quote-unquote tour it was has been kind of tough although lately you know we've gone out like we went out to california for the first time in 30 years uh in february and uh you know we had some really good shows out there you know we sold out uh in uh la and in las vegas uh-huh. and uh, we were encouraged by that so I think we're looking to to get back out and maybe through seattle and portland and uh san francisco
0: uh-huh. uh,
1: in the near future you know we've got a show coming up in uh, chicago and at the end of august uh near chicago anyway and uh you know so we're, we're uh yeah we'd like to get out and, and and a lot of what was keeping us from uh actually going on the road is you know uh, not in the way anymore so i think uh, you know, it's possible we could we could do a uh, quote unquote tour. You know, yeah. Yeah. And tour is not like it
0: used to be either. You know what I mean? Like you know, like nah. used to be like, hey, here, here's a bus. You guys go out on yeah. the road. Now it's like schlepping it in a van or something.
1: You know? <laughs> like- yeah, we yeah the van the van thing the uh, and certainly the bus thing. I never was a bunch of a bus person, but uh, most of the shows we do now will fly in and then run a couple of cars and. And do the dates in the area, and then fly back. You know, right, right. Uh, but you know, it, it would be it would be cool to go out and just uh, be able to stay out for a little while, or maybe do a couple of months. You know. Oh
0: gosh, I can tell you. I mean, I, I like I said, I haven't. Last time I think I saw zebra was I think was in eighty seven. When I was, mm-hmm. st- I was still living in New Orleans, so I was, you know, because I, I grew up in Metairie, and uh-huh. that was the last time I saw you live in general. And so I'm like, I think I'm fought long do a zebra show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know? you know, you know, it's over thirty years. So I'm telling you now. So do you guys ever get? I mean, like, how, how frequently do you get back to New Orleans as far as like, you know, doing like shows in and around that area? If you
1: do at all yeah we're we uh we're back there quite often you know we're uh-huh. uh I, I'm, I know i'm down there at least six times a year doing uh either zebra or solo acoustic stuff uh-huh. and uh, we're gonna be going down there uh in two weeks we got we got a couple of shows uh we're doing down there on april twentieth april twentieth we're in halma and then on may nineteenth we're in slide L.
0: oh wow um,
1: yeah yeah at a festival so you know, we're yeah, we're still playing, and uh, actually been playing more the last twelve months than we have in probably over ten years.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and I God, I'd love you, I'd love you guys to make it to Atlanta. <laughs> when was the last yeah. time? When was the last time you even played Atlanta? Do you remember? Uh, zebra as zebra I yeah. can't
1: I can't remember um, uh, it's been a lot it's been a long time
0: it, yeah it had to be a while because I because I moved here like when I was in high school uh, in 89 I think and I definitely know you guys didn't play in the
1: 90s I don't think um, yeah it had to be like probably 86 right I'm, I'm gonna guess 86 85 something like that so the time I saw there. you guys in New Orleans you know yeah
0: yeah <laughs> so, yeah well so like I said uh, you know I mean I, I you know I you know I was born in New Orleans I grew up a zebra fan I mean you know, there used to be a joke that used to go around in my school that like you know when you you know if you were born in the 70s you know you were pretty much given a birth certificate a copy of the debut album you know like, because like <laughs> everyone I knew had that album you know and that album again you know not to, not to musically compare it to Boston but that album was kind of like the equivalent to the that debut Boston album at least in New Orleans and the southeast where like every song on that album was played on the radio regardless of whether it was a single or not you know like Yeah we had a lot a lot of success with that record Yeah i mean so when you look back on that record like was that something that you expected or
1: was that just like it just happened uh, no I yeah I mean you don't you don't expect anything you know I think uh, we knew we were going to sell a, a certain amount of copies when it first came out, you know, because we had a pretty big fan base that had been waiting for the record we've been uh-huh. performing together for eight years at that point, yeah uh, but uh but then once uh, the airplay and the mTV started kicking in and we started selling uh, the records in in places outside of New Orleans and New York, you know that's where we uh, you know, it it started to take on a life of its own, and you know everything from there was a, you know, a, pretty much a surprise. You know, you can't expect, you know, you hope, but you don't, but you really don't know. So we were uh, we were very happy with it. You know, yeah, because I mean, like you
0: guys formed, and I think it was please correct me if I'm wrong, I'm guessing 75? Was it 75 that you guys...
1: Yeah, taught? that's when okay. we, came, we we started we started
0: performing in February of 75. Okay, yeah, because I was born in 73 and then, like, I actually remember when I first got into you guys, like, my mom and dad both being like, Zoe Zebra, you know, and I was like, you guys like Zebra, y'all? Like, the squarest people I know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and my dad was just like, my dad was like, oh, no, everybody knew about Zebra and <laughs> then... You know, in the seventies in New Orleans, you that, know, that's funny. And, and um, but um, so what was it that? I mean, because that's a long time, man, from seventy-five to eighty-three. You know, for, to putting out
1: an album. um Yeah, we we, I, we were we were ready. I mean, we were writing. We were, you know, we had all the material, and uh, you know, we were looking for a record deal. But the record you know, every time a record we could get a record company to listen to it. You know, we. A lot of the feedback would be, well, you know, it's kind of dated if they came out ten years ago. Uh, you know, it was like it, it was just really weird. Uh, you know, we we just didn't fit the time period. You know, whenever they'd be listening, late seventies and stuff, and uh, I, I, I I couldn't tell you why or because it was so funny when Atlantic finally signed us. Uh, they had pretty much the same demo that we had had. You know, two years before, when they said, you know, we were dated, and now all of a sudden it's original and it's fresh and it's great and it's blah blah blah. You know, but uh, but at that point we've been getting airplay on a radio station in New York, and we were in regular rotation with like five of our five of the songs from the demo, and they were like uh, top requested songs at the station, and so I think that had more to do with it than anything else. You know, they right. just saw the numbers of people that were. Tuning in and uh, and requesting and uh, decided to give it a shot.
0: Well, so. Like, I'm trying to even wrap my head around this because, like I said, like, I was so young at the time, like, in New Orleans. Like, by the time I was getting into into music, you know, in New Orleans, you know, it was, you know, heavily, you know, rooted in, like, the metal scene, you know, where you had bands like, you know, Lillian Axe and, um, you know, all the, you know, Razor White, all those bands and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, what was the New Orleans scene? I mean, the only thing I could think of is the Radiators, but, like, what was the New Orleans scene like? Like around that time when you guys were coming up, because when I listen to that album, like Uh especially that debut, I'm like, "There's no way in hell any other
1: band in New Orleans sounded like that." (laughs) Do you you know know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure, sure. I yeah, Uh, I I think most of the bands, you know, the two bands you're referring to, Lillian Axe and Razor White, were uh, heavier. You know, definitely had a heavier edge to them. And uh, we, um, you know, when we started off there were bands like uh the paper steamboat uh thunderhead uh uh, who had been signed they were they were being produced by johnny Winter at the time and uh these were bands that we used to go see when we were kids you know right Uh, and uh you know there was the uh Liquor uh from baton rouge you know we used Uh to see them open up for uh lots of bands down at the warehouse and uh at city park stadium uh and so it was more of blues-based rock, uh, which was what, you know, we were more uh, about, you know. But I think uh, it was just because all our influences were pretty much the same. By the time, uh, you know, Lillian Axe and uh, and uh, Razor White and, and all these groups came out, like the music scene had kind of shifted and... Uh, no, it was a little bit, little heavier when we came out. We, when we were just practicing, it was nineteen seventy four, right? Uh, and uh, I think you know our influences were much more like moody blues. Yes, uh, you know, with the Zeppelin thrown in, uh, and that was about as heavy as we got. You know,
0: yeah, because that's what I always, because like, I was always trying to picture. Because, like I said, like like in the eighties, the scene was very, you know, synonymous with the more heavy metal hard rock thing and of course knowing that zebra had come up kind of more in like the the 70s you know like like you guys were the only band that i even remember that, that i even knew existed from that era in new orleans you know like i didn't I, i'd
1: never really heard of any other like well there were, quote, there were quote, bands. There, bands there was a band you know? there was a ba- there was a band called mink that mm-hmm. was uh, that was out before zebra was that did they did uh, material that was pretty similar to what we did, you know. Uh-huh. We, we played a lot of the same stuff. Uh, then there was another band called Star uh, that was uh, really big at the time. And, um, you know, there was a scene, but it shifted, you know. Uh-huh. And we just happened to still be together, you know. The, most A lot of those bands broke up in that time period between 1975 and 1980. So when our first record came out, you know, a lot of kids, you know, were, you know, finding out about us for the first time and uh, and not knowing, you know, the history of the band, so. Right. Yeah, because I know was, when
0: I bought that album, when I, when I got that album, it was like 85 or so, and I just remember thinking like, this is like, Rush meets Zeppelin meets like, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it just, yeah. like, it it, it it didn't even dawn on me to think that you guys had been around that long. Like, it sounded so, like, I mean, especially when you think about the music that Rush was putting out around 83, 84, 85. Like, yeah. it, it, it seems to fit, like, right in there, like a little puzzle piece. Whereas, like, I'm th- you know when I look back on it now, I was like, God, those poor guys were at it for, like, 10 years or so before they, you know, before they <laughs> the even poor, got to
1: make an poor, album. The poor guys. I mean, you know, the thing was, we were really really successful on a local level you know like right. i said between new orleans and new york and i would kind of uh-huh. just given up on the idea that we're ever going to get a record deal i mean i'd heard every excuse for not signing us that there possibly was and uh and so we were you know i, I bought a house down in slidell and my wife and i were uh uh moved in there and we were just ready to kind of settle down and just you know do what we had been doing you know just uh, play in the uh, the two areas and maybe expand it a little bit, but uh, then all of a sudden, the record deal came out of nowhere, you know, we weren't even expecting it, or nobody was even shopping it at that point, you know. right? Just, just on a crazy fluke, you know, yeah. conversation between a guy up here named Bob Buckman, who was the program director at a station called WBAB, and, a, and an intern at Atlantic Records that happened to be visiting there, uh, and uh you know, he got the uh, the ear of the president and uh, of the label, you know, after he had talked to Buckman. And next thing you know, we had a deal. So pretty interesting.
0: So, I mean, to me, like, thats it's always been one of my favorite stories of a band, you know what I mean? Because it's like, you know, so many, I mean, you know, even the band that I've been in, you know, right now, like, we've been together, mm-hmm. it'll be like five years coming up, you know? Mm-hmm. And we don't have delusions of grandeur or ever getting signed or anything like that, though. But, like, especially back in the day, like, that that was something for a band to just be able to just say, like, like, it's worth it to just stick together because we like playing with each other and we like making music. So whether or not we get signed, we're just happy to just do this. So with that attitude, like, like did did that attitude carry over for you guys? Which I'm assuming it did. Like, going into, like, you know, No and Lies and 3.5 and things like that, you know? Like, did you always kind of maintain that same attitude whereas, like, you know... Regardless, we're just going to play music when we want to and how we want to and enjoy it.
1: I think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, uh, you know, having a big fan base definitely helps. Um, you know, I, I don't know that we would have stayed together if we hadn't been successful enough to, uh, to make a living doing it, you know? Um, and, but we, we were fortunate enough to do it without a record deal, you know? Right. And, um, and, uh, I don't know how much longer it would have lasted if we hadn't, gotten the record uh, you know you cannot hindsight 2020 we don't we, i'm not sure you know but uh it's not the point is hindsight's not 2020 i have no idea no I it's think, not uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. i learned that a long time ago <laughs> yeah
1: and uh you know so but but i do think that we you know we wanted to de- we played. We enjoyed doing it the way we wanted to do it and play the music we wanted to. And I don't think we would have done it any other way. Right. Um, it's all about the music. I mean, there's a there's a lot of ways to make a living, and uh, you certainly don't you know if you don't have to do something you don't want to do, then you should you know. I don't know if I would be playing music if I was told if I had to play certain music or. Or not do certain things, so uh, right. you know I'm, I just feel fortunate that I'm uh, that I'm able to play the stuff that I do enjoy and uh, and uh, and can skip the rest, you know.
0: Oh yeah, and um, another one I wanted to talk to you about because I mean, like you know, so you're talking from like seventy five to eighty three, you know, before the um, album first album came out. Came out. How mm-hmm. much? How much material? Like. How much material bled over into No Tellin' Lies and 3.5 from that era? I mean, because in my mind, I'm thinking like, wow, that's like, I mean, I know for me, like, in, in, in the past 10 years, like, I've got enough material for my band to make, like, two records. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. so did a lot, did, was all of that material brought over? Or was there, like, actually, like f- m- like, newer material written for each of those records where, like, some of the songs were pulled from, like... Older days, if that makes sense. Right. the
1: uh The second record, you know, the the, the problem with the first record is that we had all of that eight years to write, and we picked the best songs that we had, you know. Right. Uh, mainly for the first record, okay. or the and that Jack Douglas, who was producing it, thought we had, but we had other songs that didn't get on the record, and one of them was Bears, and the other one was When the Summer's Gone. And right. Those those went on the uh, second record. Uh, the only song that I wrote from scratch, you know, between the time of the first record and the second record, was Lullaby. Okay. Um, yeah, but but the other songs there was and, and there was uh, what else? There was uh, I think uh, the last song on the record on No Telling Lies might have been something that we did too. Uh, drive me I'm crazy. Crazy. Yeah, drive me crazy. We've been playing that, but most of the other material were pieces of songs that I had just never put together you know they weren't like full songs right they were they were stuff that were was written you know in that time period and i was kind of caught off guard well how how quick you know they wanted another record and what we really had to do to get it together Uh Uh, you know uh, so then i made it a point you know after the second record was that i was going to write you know every day and that's what i did you know i wrote uh you know every day while we were on the road i would be writing and so uh, the for the third album i think the only song on the third album that is uh that came previous to uh the first album uh-huh. was uh hard living without you
0: oh wow okay so that everything yeah. and then was pretty current then
1: yeah yeah it was very current it was all written uh-huh. between 84 and 85 i wrote all that uh, the third album all uh-huh. at once you know
0: so because what I love about that cuz you know actually th- you know 3.5 is one of my favorite albums uh, because Thanks. one of the things I loved about it was it, it 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 it's still consistent though but like listening to the songs you can totally tell that there was like not a modernness to it but like oh wow like like I could tell that they were written like especially listening to them now as a grown grown person that like mm-hmm. There's 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 a significant amount of growth in the songwriting between you know from most of 3.5 to like the first album. Do you know what I mean? Uh And so you know, so that's a cool observation though. But as a songwriter, that must have been a little challenging for you though too to be like, okay, I've got to
1: do something new. Do you know what I mean? Well, you know, we didn't. You know, we there were still a lot of songs that we hadn't used, but they just weren't good. Right, uh, you know, I mean, I there was a hundred songs that we could have put on the uh, third album without me having written anything, but I, but we'd already rejected them for the right. first two. Why would I want to just put those back on? You know, so uh, I, you know, I, I needed to write new material. So I think, I think I came up with probably about thirty-five songs for the third record, and then yes. uh, yeah, yeah, and then the three of us went through them and you know and pick the uh the ones that uh we wanted to put on you know right and uh, that's how that came about you know that's it but i'm I'm glad i did it i you know uh, i i love 3.5 for me it's the most consistent you know from song to song it works more of more as an album for me than than any of the others
0: See, and that's what I was actually just gonna say. Was because, like I said, I got in, when I got into you guys, it was around eighty-five. So, um, three point five hadn't come out yet, and so no talent. You know, of course, you get the first one, and then you get no talent lies, and then three point five comes out. And even listening to it now, three point five is the album that I that I, I. Of course, I find myself song for song going back to the first album because it's more of a. Um, you know, it's more of a nostalgic Nostalgia. feel for me, yep. you know? But sure. musically, 3.5, to me, was where it was just, like, it all just seemed to, like, come together, you know? Yeah, So I thought so, too. Yeah, so, at, at, at what point and why did you guys just make that shift from New Orleans to New York and just being a New, you know, pretty much being a New York band? Well, that was
1: in 1977. Yeah, yeah and um and that like i was mentioning before that uh there were a couple of bands in louisiana that we'd grown up seeing uh you know thunderhead and you know potlicker uh-huh. and we had seen them you know kind of get really big in the area and then kind of fall you know not be as popular right and and i think the the thing that I noticed was was that they were always around. They were always playing. Uh-huh. And so we figured, you know, at the very least we need to get out of here. You know, give it a rest. Yeah. So and another thing was we weren't getting having any luck finding anybody from a record company that would come to New Orleans to see a rock band. Right. We didn't have any connections. So you know, we figured let's either go to L A or New York and we knew some people in New York and that you know, we, we made some phone calls and had a guy from New York fly down to see us play, and he got us a couple of gigs. And that's the short story, and that's how we got to New York. And yeah. why, you know? And you're probably a lot less likely.
0: You could be. You'll, you could probably be less broke in New York than you could be in LA. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, we'll <laughs> never know. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny Because I've heard I've heard people say Like you know Oh god LA, New York Like 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 where would we be Less broke You know what I mean Right, exactly And, and what would be easier To get home Like if you're in the southeast Like New York's probably Your best shot You know So like Let's right. go there You know But um well, So what I, I did have a couple Of like song questions To ask you Because you know Being a songwriter myself Like I'm always fascinated In just You know By the You know Just the Underlying in- inspiration behind certain songs, and mm-hmm. especially like um, you know who's behind the door, um, bears you know there's there's definitely some sort of a um, like an animal tie-in to it, you know like. Uh-huh. Um, um, I don't know how else to even say it though, so I'm just gonna let you tell me. But like, what was what what was it behind those songs? Because when you listen to the lyrics to bears, you know, like I definitely get that, like, you know, you know, you know, you, you know, find a place in your heart for them and things like that. You know, like yeah,
1: like it's what was it? What was it for you? It's that really an, you? It's, it's it's an anti-hunting song, right? Um, you know, and but without just throwing it right in your face, you know? Uh, and, um, uh, you know, I, I grew, when I grew up, you know, uh, my grandparents had a farm and my, uh, my grandfather raised cattle. So uh, now he didn't slaughter the cattle on the farm, but we all knew where they were going. And I think, uh, and we, and, you know, we would go fishing. He had a lot of places to fish up there in Texas. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, my cousins would hunt and, you know, it just, you know, as I grew older, when I got into my teens, I think I just kind of looked at it as uh, I had a little more empathy for the for the uh, for the animals. Uh, you know, it was could getting kind of obvious to me that you were ending their lives, their consciousness, whatever that was, you know, uh-huh. uh, and using, uh, you know, we're bigger, we're stronger. or The Bible says they're here for us, you know. As an excuse Right And uh, I just got I got kind of tired of it and So I started writing about it In the songs, you know Mm -hmm. And Bears Bears was the example
0: Yeah, Bears Bears was definitely One that stood out And, you know And obviously Who's Behind the Door That was like You know, again Like I know I always joke around about it With the first album And being born with it But like That Mm -hmm. was like That was like Obviously the first song I ever heard by you guys On the radio And I just Uh remember Thinking like what, like, an amazing song, but then I saw the video, you Uh know, and the video really kind of has some foresight to it, as far as, like, you know, like, where we were going to go with technology and stuff, like, so, you know, so even though I know you probably didn't have a whole lot to do with the concept of the video, um, You guys have always been kind of rooted in technology, as far as like making music and being, you know, interested in, you know, different, you know, kinds of synth instruments and everything. So, but watching technology grow and everything, does that have anything to do with
1: that song at all? Or, well, I mean, the the uh, the song. I think if if I had to pick one source of inspiration, I'd say it was uh, the movie Two Thousand One space okay. odyssey you right. know and um and of course that music that that movie's full of uh you know technology at the, at the time it was made it was project you know projecting uh predicting what it would be like you know whatever mm-hmm. it was 40 years later uh but uh i think for the song it was more a uh a, a spiritual inspiration that i got from the movie mm-hmm. um and just uh kind of the agnostic not really knowing you know uh, the answers to why we're here and how we're here, uh-huh. and all that stuff, which I think were raised pretty well in in uh, two thousand and one, although when you look back at it now it was pretty it's a slow movie but <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely had a big influence on me so i, I so I think I kind of took the same approach with uh, who's behind the door uh, as to not, tr- you know, it, it, an ag- agnostic look. You know, I don't have the answers, but I certainly have some questions, and I framed them in a way that uh, maybe would make people think more about them, you know.
0: See, and that's, that's a really cool way to look at it, because, you know, growing up in New Orleans, you know, y- y- you're, you're pretty much... You know, I used to say, you're the Catholic or you're not, you know, is what it, right. what it seemed like, you know. And so I spent a lot of time in Catholic school, you know, and you're kind of taught a certain way and things. And then, you know, you get older and then, you know, you know, at least I, I was, you know, I grew up into a, you know, luckily with, with a mother and father who were basically like, you know, you know, if, if you're going to question it, question it. Don't feel like you have to go a certain way, you know? And, right. like, for some reason, that song always kind of... It, it always brought me back to that song in the sense that, you know, there was a sense of, like, wonder to it, yeah. you know? And so I always loved that you captured that, you know? that Like, I think that was really... And for the time, too, that you know, that it could still be embraced as kind of like a, a nice song on the radio and everything, but that, like, if people really read deep into it, probably wouldn't have got into it so much, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, who knows, you know, but I. But that, that was the whole point of how it was written. It was to invite people in and then let them realize what it was about, you know, as opposed to you know, throwing something up in your face, you know? Right. Uh, and, um which I think a lot of people do. They might even put it in the title, you know, but it's, it was subtle, the title subtle. And I think, uh, most of the, uh, you know, the lyrics are, you know, in some ways ambiguous enough to give people, uh, you know, room to think for themselves, you know? Uh So you were talking about, I mean,
0: there's i mean obviously you said there's like hundreds of songs i'm sure out there you know that you guys have done or that you've written you know um has there you know with the strong cult following that zebra has has there ever been any interest on your part to just say oh you know what it'd be pu- it'd be fun to put put out a collection of demos and outtakes that never made the albums
1: well fun is a you know Dangerous word, um, (laughs) you know. I'm, you know, I'm sure people would 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 be interested in it, you know, to hear what it was, but, um, you know, and and maybe you know when I'm gone, all that stuff will come out, you know. But, you know, for me as an artist, you know, I don't want to just throw stuff out there just for the sake of throwing it out there. Um, I used to complain about bands that I thought. You know, we're trying to uh, be, let's say, uh, progressive
0: Uh
1: for the sake of being progressive instead of really writing something that meant something. You know, let's just show how fast we can play on every freaking song or how many time changes we can do. Right. but, But without any meaning. I mean, all that stuff is good, but it's just like, any uh, writing any other songs you need you need a good song it, it needs to work you know mm-hmm. um, you know you i i mean i listen to uh for instance close to the edge brilliant mm-hmm. you know that whole that whole song is just it's perfect it's a great example of great musicianship and and awesome awesome writing
0: right um
1: okay. but then you know i could show you 30 other bands that you know are just as proficient you know and tried to do similar stuff and fail because the songs weren't there so right. you know so for me it's really about <clears throat> it being good stuff and it and i don't need to just throw the stuff out there although you know i'm always tempted to just say oh, I'll, you know let it all out and i'm sure you know one day it will be you know Uh When I don't have any more any control over it anymore, but I think for now I'd rather just put the stuff out there that means stuff. You know, like you said, you know, uh, you know, you think who's behind the door? You go back to that. If it means something to you, you don't want to have it, you know, shaded by some, you know, crap that the guy wrote and didn't put out. You know, (laughs) and uh, you know, there's a lot of it. Just piles of crap
0: <laughs> uh, well, it's funny because i I mean like i even i can attest to that because you know even just you know you know i've been a song uh, you know i've been writing songs for you know God, like 25 years and they're songs <laughs> that i would never let see the light of day <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like so i can um, but i but i think from a fan's perspective like you know we look at the bands that we love you know like i look at zebra and or i look at you know iron maiden and i look at kiss or whatever and i think like my god i would die to hear the songs that never made the albums and then you hear them say stuff like no you would die if you heard it like that's why it didn't make the record you know what i mean right <laughs> right they're like right. we don't want you guys to hear that stuff because we want you guys to hear the stuff that we're proud of not the stuff that we felt like was too shitty to make
1: a record you know exactly so you know, getting back to the point that I don't have to play songs you know, or music. I feel fortunate that I can play music that I like. You know, if, if for instance I put this stuff out, you know, and and one of them becomes a huge hit and I hate it. Oh. What could be what could be more what could be more of a hellish scenario than to be asked to play that song that you never like to begin with? Over and over again because it just happened to be like one of the most popular songs you did.
0: Um, it's almost you know like an I'm artist saying? nightmare. It really, yeah. I really think about it, it is it's like I can think about it because you know, like if I think about like what the, the my least favorite song that I've written is, like if my band played it, all of a sudden everybody was like, that's the song we want to hear, I'd be like, ah, oh. but there's like, yeah. There's like 30 other good ones. Like, why that one? (laughs) Yeah. I
1: mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's. You know, it could happen. You never know. So you, there's always that danger. <laughs> but that's kind
0: of cool because you actually really shed a whole new light on that for me on a personal level because, like, I never thought about it like that because I guess it also kind of shows, in some way, this, you know, the selfishness sometimes of being the fan of a band is that, you know, like, especially if you're. You know, you're like me, where like you know, like when I when I fall in love with a band, like you know, I mean, I want the bootlegs, I want the demos, I want the, I want the everything. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah. you know, I don't think about it sometimes, or I don't think we as fans sometimes think about it from the artist's standpoint. That like, you know, there's a reason why we haven't heard these songs. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> yeah i uh you know I, I i look at some bands from the past and you know um you know there's certain bands that uh you know well I think most people they they have a time period of music that they they love their bands, and then they say oh, i didn't like that so much you know uh-huh. um and but the bands you know- m- maybe some of their biggest hits came from that time period you know right uh, I know that if i was uh you know if I had to pick like a time period for queen if i was going to go see queen you know you you wouldn't hear uh, my set list would not have uh you know fat bottom girls ride my bicycle uh, right. we will rock you none of that stuff would be i wouldn't want to hear that you know yeah. that those those songs i would have thrown away but they're huge 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 hits right and that was not you know to me that wasn't what it seemed like Queen wanted to be when they first came out. When I saw them, they were just ripping it up those first three albums and just, you know, it was exciting. It was different. You know, there was the production was different. And then all of a sudden it went to, I, I don't know what to call it, you know, 1920s bubblegum kind of. Yeah, it know, was like thing. this
0: kind of over glam. It's
1: kind of like. I don't, I don't even think you can put glam on there. It was, it was glommed. I I just never, I just never really, I never really understood it, but it was, but it was simple and it became huge. It was more popular. So, uh, I think, uh, you know, putting that kind of stuff out there, you know, you can make money and stuff, but you know, if you're not committed to it or you're not into it, it would be uh, kind of tough to play and uh, night after night, but, uh, and and that's not to say that Queen themselves doesn't love every one of the songs that they put out. You know, I'm just trying to make a comparison with a big group and Right. But you know, again, it's from it, a fan standpoint though. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah, that's that's me as a fan of Queen, you know, and what I what I prefer, so Oh, I mean,
0: like, Even. to be honest, like, if you asked me, like, right now, like, D- okay, Don, you're a Zebra fan, what would you love? I said, I'd love to see them play here in Atlanta and play the debut album start to finish. Do you know right. what I mean? Like, because, like, that is something in my mind, like, that I I would, I've always wanted to see Zebra do you know what i mean because i'm a fan and that's that's like not that i don't love your other material but like there's something special about that well yeah
1: you know yeah yeah and you know and and especially because you know it it just shows you know the the best material came out first the second album had you know a lot of holdovers from the first record um and uh and some of that was even like too different you know it was kind of you know, there's a couple of songs on the second record that are just, like, wide. we we had to put them on because that's what we had. That was the best of what we had, you know? Right. And, and uh wouldn't have been my first choice, and that's why I worked so hard on the third record, you know? Didn't want to do that again. Um, but when you're being asked to put come out with album after album, year after year, it's a lot of work, and uh, you just have to kind of go with what you got, so...
0: Well, so, cause that's crazy because like the discography of, of the band, I mean, you're talking like, you know, like you said, like the debut album hit in 83, No telling Lies was 84, and then 3.5 right. was 86, you know? Right. But then 4 was like 2003,
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, well, you know, you know, after the, after the third record, Atlantic dropped us. Right. Uh, we didn't sell enough records, all the numbers came, and, uh you know, and uh, I was still writing, writing stuff, but it, it kind of, it wasn't, the urgency wasn't there anymore. Right. Uh, uh, we weren't having to do it. And, uh, and I, you know, I got involved in doing other projects like you were talking about with the key and, and different things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and it was <clears throat> just a labor of love at that point to get the f- fourth album done, you know? So.
0: And the fourth yeah. album was so fantastic. And it, 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 it and and one of the things that just struck me about it when I heard it, especially when it came out, was that it, 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 it still sounded like Zebra, but like it, it it wasn't a continuation from like 3.5. It was like, it was almost like you were missing like five albums, you know what I mean? Because it sounded very current,
1: you know, like at the yeah, time. Yeah, it was, it was definitely different than 3.5, and I think, you know, that's one thing about the <laughs> band, is that if you take each album uh, there may be a thread here and there between one to the other, but they're 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 unique on their own, you know, right. as albums and uh, you know musically and instrumentally and writing wise. I think you know so uh, you know, and uh, knock on wood that uh, our fans still enjoy the music. You know, we're still able to play so.
0: Yeah, so like looking looking back on on the catalog, you know, obviously you know with the with the with the four studio albums, um, which of course like again like I said like I'm a freak fan. I've got the King Biscuit Flower Hour album and all that stuff, um, okay, <laughs> which I love by the way. That's a great. I, I love and the, and the live album is fantastic also. Um, but like looking back on 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 your catalog, is there is there one particular album or one particular moment from any of the albums where you look at and go like I wish I would have done something a little different um,
1: not one particular one I mean I uh-huh. could go back and, and critique the whole critique everything and pick it apart I mean I was always really good at doing that and <clears throat> being anal about the, uh, the mix and the production but uh-huh. I don't know if there's one particular thing that irks me about any of the records where uh, right. I go oh my god how could I have left that in there you know <laughs> Uh, You know, they may not, maybe not everything was as good as I would have wanted it, but nothing where I was uh, cringing about it, you know? Right. I mean, are there plans for another Zebra album? Yeah, there have been plans for 17 years for the next (laughs) Zebra album. uh, You know, I've been writing, but uh, as you grow older, your body slows down, and and the writing slows down, and I've got some songs, so... It, you know, maybe instead of an album it'll be an e p or maybe we'll release one song at a time as they come up you know and uh and uh you know but certainly I'd like to put some more more out while we're still while still here you know so one of the things
0: another thing I wanted to ask you too about was that like it was like archival kind of stuff is that like especially a band like Iron Maiden, I'm sure you're familiar with they put out a ton of live material um is is there like a backlog of like live recordings of zebra from over the years that you've, you've looked back and go like, Oh, that would be kind of cool to put that out from that specific. Yeah. We
1: got, thing. we have tons of that stuff, you know, we uh-huh. have tons of that stuff and it's, you know, it's a matter of time, you know, going through it. And, uh, you know, I've got some ideas for putting uh, together some packages with some, uh, yeah, maybe some versions of some of the early covers that we used to do, for instance, that uh, uh, we didn't do for very long, you know. Uh, right. Maybe some of the Rush. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff uh, that we've got recorded that uh, might be cool to put out. So th- that's certainly a thought, you know. Yeah, you because know, one of the things I've
0: been noticing is a big trend lately is, is like or like reissues of albums, or where people are putting out like like a reissue of like their debut album, but then it'll be like you know like an extra CD of uh, demos or an extra CD of like a live show or something like that, you know? Right, like, right. Like, you because know, I always thought like. Especially with the debut, I was like, "That would be such a cool thing to see that repackaged and something like." That. So I was always curious if you thought like had considered doing well, stuff like that. Well, we did.
1: We did put out uh, you know the best of right. Zebra record, and that had uh, instead of "Who's Behind the Door" from the from the first record, we put the demo version of it on there. I think we also did that with "Take Your Fingers from My Hair." There were a couple of record, a uh-huh. c- couple of songs that we. Replace the uh the album version with the demos and we added a couple of demos from uh, the third record that went on that too Uh Uh, so we we've done that and there's there's more material we could do it with you know so possible you know we could put another one out like that
0: i actually have the wrno rock album that they used to put they used to put those out every year and i i have i have the version that's got the demo of who's behind the door on it. <laughs> that's oh, cool. it. That was it i bought it for that reason and there was like uh i think that it, which ironically we were talking about that's got um it's got uh oh, what is it uh it's got, got Ra- it's got it's got razor white on it and it's got okay. somebody else a couple of other bands metal bands on it so i said when i see you i'll have to bring it and show it to you because <laughs> i bought cool. it because cool. of that you know but um, awesome. but speaking of Um, so, you know, you, you're hitting the road and you've been doing some acoustic shows lately. So like, you're kind of, you know, pun intended, you know, you're like done hibernating, you know? So like you're kind of out doing some acoustic shows. What can you tell me about Randy Jackson acoustic? Because I've never seen you acoustic and I'm super excited to see it.
1: Oh, okay. Um. You know, I, I started doing the acoustic shows about 20 years ago, uh-huh. Uh and before that, I had put together a uh, a show with uh, using a computer. Uh, I sequenced a bunch of stuff, and I called it the MIDI show. You I know? remember
0: that it was like the MIDI tour, where you had everything sequenced, like drums and things like that, where
1: you just right. kind of played along with it. Right? Yeah. And uh, and I was able to control it with my feet and start and mm-hmm. stop and it was very cool. All lights were all programmed synchronized exactly with the music and uh and I just remember the one day that the uh, the truck broke down and <laughs> you know, couldn't get to the gig quick enough, so the the promoter was saying, Is there anything you can you do? Can you just play acoustic or whatever? So, you know, I I played acoustic at that show and uh and then got involved with uh, Lone Star doing The Key, uh, you know, which kind of took me off of playing live for a couple of years, and uh, or playing as consistent as I was, and when I came back to start playing again, uh, I kind of remembered what people, the comments I had gotten from people who had come to see the uh, MIDI show, and a lot of them just didn't know what it was about. It was like a glorified karaoke more than anything else. You know, I was playing along with my own songs, and right Uh, and so it it really wasn't about the work i put into it you know it took me a year to program all the stuff but it was more about what people were getting out of it so i said let me just do acoustic and and just try to make it more than uh you know than people are expecting without you know having to record anything so that's what i did you know so i use a lot of open tunings in the in the uh acoustic show and and try to, uh, get as much sound out of the 12 string guitar as I can. Right. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it seems to have worked. I'm doing it, you know, over 20 years now, you know, and, uh, people like it. So, you know, I do, uh, you know, pretty much any of the zebra stuff. And, uh, plus, you know, the stuff I grew up with, a lot of Led Zeppelin and Moody Blues Beatles. uh, huh. and, uh, Beatles, uh-huh. and, uh you know, throw throw some of that stuff in there and uh you know, it works out good. It's it's all about the music and you know, I'm just, you know, glad people enjoy the show. It's I I it's very relaxing. I can I don't have I never have a set list. I just go up and and play, you know, so I can uh interact with the audience a little uh you know, on the fly and not have to worry about uh you know sticking to the agenda.
0: Oh, that is so great, though. I mean, like, I mean, especially being, like, from an artist standpoint, for you who, for so long, has, you know, had to stick to kind of some, some sort of an agenda and whatnot, like, to just be able to go out there and just say, you know, oh, I get to play what I want, you know, and, you know, yeah. you know whatever, you know. Is is, cool. is there a particular song that you ever just say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of playing this, or like, I don't want to play this one,
1: like you know there's certain songs that are that don't work on acoustic guitar uh-huh. uh and sometimes i i still i'll still play them you know like Wait Until the summer's gone for instance a lot of people want to hear that uh, sometimes they you know as much of the zeppelin as i do do in the acoustic show you know i do a lot of different zeppelin songs people ask me for stuff like the ocean which is you know it's not a not a complicated song but on acoustic guitar it's just kind of strange to play it you know yeah. so i end up having to to do octaves and stuff and do a lot more uh, to make it work at all. Um, And so, though I I would say like those two kind of songs are tough, you know, there's certain songs with the acoustic that I just wouldn't do, but then there's a lot of songs people go, wow, I would never expect you to do it on acoustic, but they're more, I think it's more about them being wide open orchestrated songs. Those are the ones that are, uh, that I like performing more you know uh that have a lot of stuff in it that aren't so just you know a riff or something
0: kind of like the la uh, la song
1: you know yeah a lot of songs good well anything off the first record is it's, n- it's not a problem to do acoustic you know yeah. um i would think that uh if i had to pick a zebra song that would be tough that, like i said until the summer's gone or uh or if i was doing uh a uh i don't care from the second record that would be tough
0: <laughs> i was about to know? say that's a, that's a pretty like riff heavy you know what i mean like yeah. that's, that's a little Very, that's a little uh, hard on yeah, huh? it's <laughs> just kind
1: of it's yeah it uh, you, you you just can't get any meat out of it with just one guitar you know <laughs> and uh so you know those are the kind of kind of things you know but um most of the, the the third album you know, is is uh, it's pretty easy to to do. I mean, I wrote it all on acoustic guitar, so right, it uh, it translates pretty well. What was it like for you when you heard Dream Theater
0: <laughs> do "Take Your Fingers from My Hair"? Because I uh, obviously I'm a big metalhead. I grew up a metalhead. You know, prog metal uh-huh. is not necessarily my total thing, but I am a Dream Theater fan. But when I heard that version of that song, I was like. Randy Jackson must be losing his mind right now Like, this is so cool Like, I thought it
1: was cool But what did you think about it? They did a great job And, Uh uh, you know, Mike Portnoy had uh, contacted me To let me know that they had done it before I heard it And, uh, you know, I was flattered, you know They're a great band And, uh, you know, great musicians And uh, it was very flattering that they did the song You know, I I, I thought it was awesome And they they did an awesome job with it, too so like at that point
0: in your musical life to kind of hear from a band of that status that like, or, or, or you know, especially in this era yeah. that they've, they were zebra fans and inspired by you. Like, does that kind of keep yeah, it makes you feel good? Fire?
1: Yeah. 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 It makes you feel good. And it's, uh, you know, it, you just never know who you touch, you know, um, and how, how, how much of an influence you have, you know, but, uh, it was certainly, like I said, I was I was flattered. You know, flattery, you know, is kind of like, wow. <laughs> you know, you just, you just don't know. So um, it's nice to know that. It's nice to hear that. And uh, they did a great job, which makes it even better, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I am super excited about the acoustic tour and the acoustic show that's coming here to Atlanta. That's going to be yeah I, I'm like I said I am stoked to see there so to see you there so I'm looking forward to it and I'm going to be one of those dudes that's going to have two albums in my arms re- re- ready for you to sign I'm super excited and I'm so glad to have the chance to talk to you once again and um you know yeah,
1: well thanks for having me you know, I'm so thanks glad you're
0: doing me. it I'm so glad you're still doing it and um just travel safe and uh we'll see you here in Atlanta soon All right, Don. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Randy. All right.
1: Bye-bye.